0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: You can not only learn from your mistakes, you can celebrate them. They define who you are and serve as a learning tool to become your most beautiful self ever. Welcome to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, with your host, Jim Stacy. Jim is the author of 11 books and is here to help you experience the power of the divine deep within yourself. It's inside you. You just have to know where and how to look for it. Now, here is Jim Stacy.
2: And thank you again to all of my friends out there. are listening again today. I appreciate you and your being with me again. In the last few weeks, we've had a couple of shows where I talked about with a guest. Uh, We talked about the difference between uh, just leaving religion and, and is atheism the only choice? And of course, it's not. But something else is there for all of us, something between both. But today, I want to talk about what is it that is beyond both religion and atheism. Now, an atheist is one who simply does not have a belief in theism. So the atheist is one who has no belief in some kind of God. So today, I want to read you a story. A story that I wrote a few years ago. It's called The Fish and the Atheist. It's a story about a man who discovered something far deeper than what his atheism could tell him. Here's the story. Once upon a time, in the land of rationality, there lived an atheist who had never gone fishing. He claimed that he didn't like fish, although no one actually believed his story about never having tasted fish. He said he just knew that it didn't taste good. After all, they smelled bad and were far too slimy for his taste or lack thereof. For you see, this atheist had been struggling for years over issues of thinking, of believing, of knowing and not knowing, proof of either, issues of objectivity, subjectivity, and what is or isn't evidence of anything at all. There were days when he didn't understand the difference between knowing for sure and knowing nothing at all. Did he know for certain about nothingness? Or was that nothingness the result of a belief in something he just didn't know? One day, he was caught with his rational pants down. He decided he honestly didn't know if he liked fish or not. Being caught in such a terrifying moment of honesty and not knowing, he had to act. Then, with not a small amount of vacillation and uncertainty, his beliefs were shaking as if being tossed about like a dry leaf on a windy day. In the midst of that uncertainty, the atheist decided to test his belief in not liking what he had never tasted. At that moment, a not-so-insignificant dilemma arose in his mind, scattering what he had just before seemed and it to be almost unshakable. Not knowing, how to fish had before been a non-issue, but suddenly, to admit to himself that he didn't know, thrust him into the scenario of, what if I can't figure this out, kind of thinking. Living for so long in his head, where he controlled everything, or so he thought, he was in that moment experiencing the first ray of light suddenly coming through a small crack in his mental armor. Admitting that he didn't know something was an experience he had sealed off from his mental kingdom years and years ago. That shaft of light was destined to grow immensely, no matter how hard he might resist. But by now, this man felt that he had to know what fish really tasted like, so he continued his journey. Off to the library he went his favorite place to reinforce his mental need for control, and also to assuage a fear of losing his status and power he wielded over others through his mental superiority. In all this, he had forgotten that fear is always the path to the darker side of reality. Somewhere on the pages of those books, he found only theory about fishing, and words that described various aspects thereof, but words that also fell far short of actually going fishing. His frustration mounted, but questions of where and when and how to fish still remained. Along with the issues of which bait and what techniques, suddenly he remembered a small fishing village several miles away from his childhood hometown, In that moment came a flash of insight. He knew he must talk with the old fisherman there and find out how to fish for real. At the point of almost giving up on the whole idea, the result of having talked with a fisherman for hours, the vast amounts of information about different ways to fish, different kinds of fish to catch, and different techniques for each one, it was also overwhelming for a man of his lack of experience. He realized that actual fishing involved far more than his mind could fathom. In this moment, anyway. He could either give up on a silly idea or be honest enough to find out. The old man that he asked to go with him to teach him how to fish was reluctant to spend any time on such a novice. After all, he mostly preferred to sit on the porch and talk of his past memories of fishing. Of course, he was by now lost in his past, more than wanting some new fishing experiences. But at that moment, a young boy who had been listening said, I'll go with you, sir. I'll show you how. Another, oh, darn, came up in the man's head. But what was he to do? He already felt absolutely foolish in his admission of not knowing. So what the heck? Let's go, kid, came out of his mouth, and off they went. Not really understanding the depths of the adventure he'd just begun, the atheist pushed everything to the back of his mind except the real taste of fish. The lake was chosen, and the boy gathered together the equipment and the bait as they got into his small rowboat at the best time of day for fishing and set off for the boy's special fishing hole. Thinking this would adventure, rather, would be over soon, the man felt he'd still have time later in the day to prepare his notes for his next lecture. Wrong. The lad knew, by experience, that one must approach fishing with the heart, not just the head. So, he took the man on an adventure of that perspective, stopping first, where he knew there were no fish at that time of day. Then, using the wrong bait, using the wrong technique and using the wrong approach, the boy was trying to teach the man something. And with each experience, the man was growing more and more impatient. When the man was about to give up, the wisdom of the lad had already taken them to the spot. The worms went on the hooks, and in the next couple of hours, the man's experiences grew to include far more, than he thought possible. From watching the bobber bob up and down for the first time, the man was learning about some of the most elementary of all fishing principles. Later he would taste fish for the very first time, but meanwhile he experienced the one that got away, actually quite a few times, until he learned when to pull up his fishing pole and when to wait just a bit longer. Then. The sheer delight of catching his first fish was suddenly his experience, but it was too small, and the boy convinced him to throw it back, or it would die if it just sat there looking at him for too long. Then, taking it off the hook and feeling the slimy scales and seeing blood on the fish's mouth, the feeling of pain of the sharp hook in his fingers— as he freed the fish that was desperately flopping about, and gasping for water, he tossed it back. Now what? he asked the boy. Try again, was the answer. So, by now, having gotten past the feelings of being foolish an hour or two ago, the man had nothing more to lose than his pride if he failed to catch a keeper. Later, he could always explain this all away as a fiasco if, He needed to. The boy, upon catching a particularly interesting fish, decided to put it in a bucket of water and take it home to put in his small pond. The adventure continued. A few more bobs of the bobber, another miss or two, and suddenly the bobber went out of sight. Pull! shouted the boy, as the man almost fell out of the boat. Catching his balance, he pulled, and he pulled, and he pulled, until he landed his keeper. In the ensuing moments, he never realized the impact this experience would later have on his life, and the false certainty with which he had been holding some rather rigid opinions. Knowing that if he didn't take charge quickly, the boy grabbed the fish preventing the loss of it, and the chaos returned to quiet, a quiet so loud that the man was shaking in the aftermath of this new experience. Having reached his goal of catching a fish, he now faced another dilemma, how to prepare this fish for the tasting that he had been anticipating since the moment he chose this adventure. Now what? he queried of the boy. Well, it's time to clean the fish, time to cook it, and time to eat it, sir, the boy responded, knowing the man hadn't a clue as to how to do any of that. They headed back to shore, where the boy cut off the head of the fish, gutted it, washed it, filleted it, and dropped it into a hot skillet thoughts of all he'd experienced in the last few hours raced through not only the man's head, but somehow was troubling his inner composure, or the lack thereof. As the fish was cooked, the time of the atheist's life was at hand, that is, actually tasting what he had never tasted before. When he did, he wasn't sure if he liked it or not, but that issue would not be decided on that day that night as he drifted off to sleep he was unaware of what was about to come into his definitions of what that day had yielded then with the last sigh of both fatigue and uncertainty he drifted off to sleep it was in the dream that was about to happen wherein he would ask himself questions he'd never before asked images flesh through his dream, the fish he threw back, both fish gasping for water, the fish in the bucket, his keeper, its death, and its having caused that death, his having caused it, just for the taste of its flesh, and more. Before we go further in the story, we're going to take time for a break, and I'll be right back with you.
0: This is the 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network.
1: Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on us.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change.
1: You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, if you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy.
2: So, we are deep into a story right now of an atheist, and I say atheist rather than atheist because there's a very important point right there. When you see the word a before theist, it's not, it, it's like a separate vowel that needs to be expressed. If someone is moral, thats they have morals. If they don't, they're amoral. If someone believes in some god, they're a theist. And if they don't, they're an atheist. Or then there's the Gnostics, and we'll talk more about that later, or those who knew, those who didn't know, were the agnostics. Anyway, Let's continue the story as the man had fallen asleep. Understanding that those fish had probably never experienced air before, nor could they breathe it as he did, a thought came over him, a thought that was to change his life forever. The question is this, he thought, had those fish ever discovered water? Or was water so natural to them they hadn't noticed Was water a reality in their consciousness or just a reality that was never noticed or perhaps never questioned because all their life experiences had been within the water, a water that they possibly had never understood as really existing? Oh, yes, they knew how water felt. They knew what swimming was. They knew how to use their fins and gravitate around the the ocean or the pond. They knew the experience of oxygen sustaining their lives by water passing through their gills. But what did they know about water? There in the bottom of the lake, totally surrounded by it, existing in it, sustained by it, immersed in it since the day they hatched, they never really had a reason to question the existence of water until until they were unexpectedly jerked up out of the water and into a hitherto unknown world of air. As the dream continued, he tossed and turned a bit more as he saw fish everywhere. There were the bottom feeders who had never known about air the trout that were jumping into the air and catching insects that knew about air as their means of moving about, but the insects knew nothing about water. Then there were the salmon leaping up the rapids as they returned to their birthing place, jumping through the air, but not seeming to understand that air meant life for those with lungs instead of gills. His dream then switched to the fish that he'd thrown back. He could see that fish, whose mouth had been damaged by the hook, exceedingly still, as if it were pondering a thousand thoughts. Having experienced air for the first time, and unable to breathe it in, or, more accurately, unable to extract oxygen from it, that fish wondered why it used its gills. It wondered what was water, really, and why did it have fins and a tail. What keeps me alive here submerged in water, the fish seemed to be asking itself. How can those beings I saw in the boat exist out of water? Why did they hurt me? What is swimming, really? And why is it so easy? Who and what were those EAs, that is, those extra Aquarians, those beings from another place? And who or what? Are these other creatures, here in the water with me, that do not have gills like me? And, ad infinitum, the dream went on and on. What about that fish in the bucket that was destined to the prison of that small pond instead of the lake it had known? Would the safety of that pond be a good trade for freedom? Will it ever escape? Will it, too, be killed and eaten? What does it mean to fish who are suddenly jerked up into a new reality? What about all the fish who get caught or die long before they come to know about the reality of discovering water? Briefly awakening, the atheist, enough to silence his dream that was not by now shaking him to the core, settled back into the silence. He was not prepared for the coming experience. As he slipped unknowingly back into sleep, he found himself walking down a trail, the faint light of an impending dawn to make his pathway visible. He knew not where he was, nor to where he might be going. Walking as if he had no destiny in mind, suddenly he felt he was no longer alone. An eerie feeling crept over him, as he began to toss and turn in his sleep once again. "'Wait up, my friend,' a voice spoke coming from behind him on the trail. Not sure if he should run, protect himself, or just what he should do, many, many thoughts raced through his mind as his quandary intensified. His mind, which had always been his best defense, suddenly became more like an adversary, almost frozen, In indecision, his mind was of no help in this moment as the flight-or-fight syndrome was closing in upon him. As the image of a man about his own size and stature came eerily closer, he could see no reason to stay in fear, though the hooded figure was now much closer. My friend, may I walk with you? queried the voice of the one who had now stopped walking, waiting for this atheist response. Who are you? came erratically out of his mouth. I'm just an old fisherman, was the reply. I heard about your catch, your first fish, from the boy who was with you. You learn quickly. Great catch. But may I join you? But now his trauma had subsided into a more pleasant uncertainty as he answered, uh, Well, uh, sure, where are you going? I'm going to a deeper place, not too many miles from here. And you? Still shaking a bit, the atheist said, Frankly, I don't know. <laughs> and if I knew, If you really knew, rather, me and my past, that is a statement you know I've almost never made. I know, the guest replied. The atheist was puzzled by that response, but he dared not in this moment ask how that man could possibly know this. Walking in silence for a distance, still wondering, thoughts again racing through his mind, feeling a strange sort of kinship with this stranger. The silence was broken with, That was a nice fish you caught this morning. Been fishing often? Almost embarrassed to admit it, the atheist shyly replied, No, actually that was my first time ever. You see, I'd never tasted fish before. It was time to try it, but I'm still quite confounded by it all confounded by fishing? Uh, Oh, no, no, he replied, not by fishing, but rather by the fish I caught and threw back. I mean, that haunts me. It's about the two vastly different realities, his confidence growing the more he slipped back into his head. The world of water and the world of air are so vastly different. Yet they are remarkably similar at the same time. I'm in awe of what I saw, and while I know it sounds weird, I wonder what that fish might now be experiencing. The total shock of having been suddenly jerked up into a reality... <clears throat> excuse me, a reality totally unknown to it before, and being under the control of two humans, whatever we were to it, humans that caused it pain, and suffering there it was struggling for oxygen it was struggling for water well you know i just wonder that fish had to have experienced a great relief when we threw it back into the water but then what did it go deeper to avoid any more hooks did it go and warn the other fish what possibly could have been happening in its mind after the horror of having been caught. I had a dream about all that, you know. Then, after another time of pensive silence, the stranger began to speak. So, who are you, my friend? Who are you, really? Beyond all your past experiences, beyond all your mental gymnastics, and all the things you think you've thought through, as you like to say, You have put on your own definitions. You've put them onto everything. You don't really understand, and somehow yet you think that those labels that you have put on things are the whole picture. You know better. If only you had the courage to admit it. Congratulations on your choice to step out of that as you chose to actually taste fish for real. But now that you've done that, you do know, my friend, that your life will never be the same. The greatest adventure a human can have has just begun for you. You are troubled, shaken, and torn apart from within. But you'll come to understand the beauty in all that, I promise you. The truth is, my friend, you are the fish that you caught. You have been caught. And you've been thrown back, too. Now is the time for you to awaken from your sleep Just as a fish can only discover water when by an unexpected experience it has been jerked up out of the water, felt the pain and the fear, and then be thrown back into it, you too are now conscious of a disconnection that up to now was not in your awareness. You've been jerked out of an unconscious norm into a new perspective. For you, it is like being caught with your mental pants down. You've read a thousand books, attended hundreds of seminars, listened to more presentations and you can remember, and you still just don't get it. All that information has floated through your head as you sorted out what you wanted to keep and what you wanted to throw back, pardon the pun. But do you know why you've categorized and labeled everything that you think you know? When did your heart stop yearning to know a deeper truth? When did that happen for you? Those you fear, those truths that you fear, but are not willing to admit that your mind cannot grasp by itself. You are like the fish that is satisfied with what is familiar, satisfied with externals filed neatly in your brain. Yours, too, has been a world of externals because you've entertained more thoughts in your mind than there are fish in the ocean. Yet, you've taken the longest of all human journeys, the trek from your head into your heart. Perhaps you've taken the first step with your choice to go fishing. You are more like the fish that have been caught and then thrown into a very small pond. The ocean is far beyond its consciousness there in that place of smallness. The pond is your mind, my friend, your prison, if you will. It is far easier to stay in that pond and think you know what the whole world is like. You do not. How much do you know? I mean, of all there is to know, of all that the biologist knows, the geologist, the oceanographer, the chemist, the astrologer, the botanist, do I need to go further? And right now we're going to take time for the break. We'll continue the dream in just a minute. (laughs)
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today.
0: Be Visionary this is the Voice America Seventh Wave Channel.
1: You are listening to Beyond Religion Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to The Divine is Within Us at Gmail.com. Again, that's The Divine is Within Us at Gmail.com.
2: Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy, And so the atheist is being asked some questions here about how much he really knows. Of all those scientists that know both individually and collectively, together with a hundred branches of science and philosophy, what percent of all that information do you personally know? One percent? Of course not. One one one-hundredth of one percent? Absurd. It was Einstein himself that said, if we were to put together all the knowledge of all scientists from all time, we would be only then on the fringe of all that is possible for us to know. So if you could qualify even to be on the fringe of the fringe, how much do you know, my friend? How big is your self-made aquarium? And how long are you willing to be so confined? These are the main factors to what he called the aquarium syndrome that can trap people in very small places. It is necessary for us to understand the trap in each one of them and to choose to live beyond and above them. In surrendering to them, we lose our own higher self. The first trap is enslavement to religion. Religion is nothing but artificial water for fake fish, my friend. All religions are but fabricated lies of fearful men who desperately need to control others so they can feel better about their own smallness. They've never found a legitimate answer to their constricted views of life. Religion is nothing more than a worship of fear. You know that. I know that you know that. Beliefs are the fake substitute for shame and blame and the soul-twisting pain that comes from condemnation. Like a fish flopping desperately in the bottom of the boat, people sing hymns, worship beliefs, shout hallelujah, and pretend it's all real. Flopping around for Jesus is not the answer to their self-created aquarium of pain. Now this one, you've almost overcome, but the other two, my friend, present a challenge for you. The second factor in the aquarium syndrome is capitalism. Capitalism is the lie that says, I have the right to catch you, to kill you, and to eat you if I want. You are caught in the worship of a three-dimensional world of goods and services, corporate greed, beer, sports, politics, and television. The God of the visible has ensnared you when you are compelled to compete with others for everything you have or want. Individualism has given birth to competition instead of cooperation. Having a house full is no substitute for having a heart full. Do fish hoard worms? Driving a fancy car is never to be desired over walking in the woods, Spinning your wheels in greedy acquisition of things is worth far less than certainty in the quiet. There are more than three dimensions, my friend. Perhaps one day you'll become tired of the desert of things and look beyond the usual three. The third factor in the aquarium syndrome is where lies your greatest blindness. That factor is the worship of the mind as seen in a dependence upon philosophy and or thinking as the only way to know something. No philosophy or mind exercise can teach you what that fish tastes like, and you still don't know because you've only tasted one kind. In that light, philosophy is the worship of ignorance wherein one is caught on the hook of being satisfied with less than all that is possible to know. No fish floats around saying it doesn't believe in air, but then does it believe in water either? How do you know? no one can say they believe in something they have not yet discovered nor can they disbelieve it and therein is the mental trap of philosophy the atheism as you call it because atheism is only the absence of belief excuse me only the absence of a belief in theism which is a man-made doctrine of very insecure men who found it necessary to organize a church in an attempt to create some validity for their belief system atheism is but the choice to refuse to be deceived by theology. That's a very good choice. However, there are many kinds of atheists with different value systems of their own. Some keep seeking to know beyond belief and others do not. Then there is the fundamentalist atheist. He is the one who boldly proclaims, I know there's no God, you know it too, but you won't admit it. There, then there's a close cousin of the atheists who have gone beyond the old theism to admit they don't know. and Those are the agnostics, which, remember, it's not agnostic. The G is silent. But in their circles are some fundamentalist ag- agnostics who rather boldly declare, I don't know, you don't know, and no one else knows either. To them, I simply requir- <clears throat> reply, how is it possible that you can know that I don't know? Silence is usually the response. The truth is, both atheists and agnostic are hiding in the same issues, like the fish who had never discovered water. In one moment they fear there is a a god and the next they fear there isn't. It is their unknown inner landscape that holds their true identity, but that idea scares them too. Those caught in the trap of religion are exactly like them both, having traded spiritual reality for the truth therein. They too reject what they don't know or understand. In all the religious activities and futile attempts to rid themselves of fear, they refuse to look deep within, not knowing that fear is in the head, but truth lies deeper in the heart. They falsely label intuition, this that is, the religious ones, and they call it the voice of the devil. Ha! And by that, they miss the beauty of serendipity that's staring them in the face. All three deny the divine within because in their brains they cannot find the divine. In the desert of religion, capitalism, and philosophy, you find people who are like the fish in the lake, dying of oxygen thirst, having denied that water is real. Taken aback by the words of this unknown guest, the atheist responded, How do you know so much about me? You told me more about myself than I've heretofore experienced. How can that be? why? And with with that, the stranger lowered his head with words that totally shocked him. I am you, he said, as the dream ended. And I want to say to each of you, quite frankly, I have more in common with my atheist friends than with most Christians. My experience with them is that their minds are more open than those that I have known in my past years. I used to be one of those Christians and I honor any Christian who's trying to do their best to live a good life and follow the practices of love that Yahshua Jesus taught. But you know, there's more. And the closing paragraphs reveal the deeper truths I've discovered in the last 17 years. And I'm still learning. <clears throat> the truth is, Humans have come up with many different names for deity, the source of all that is, and also many different descriptions of how to see and what to expect from it. The word God is the most common name for all Western people, and it's a very harsh sounding word at that. I've never really liked the sound of God, it's harsh. It's no wonder that so many people have reacted very negatively to the Christian's God, not only because of how they describe him, how they say he is supposed to act, and why he is so angry at us all. Perhaps Christians and their God is the biggest reason why there are so many atheists and agnostics on the planet. And the truth is, my friends, if I had to believe in this so-called god of the bible the old testament I'm, I'm an atheist too that god is not real that god was fabricated that god was written about by human beings who were living in fear no yeshua jesus taught something far different not at some external god that's angry and wants to punish people not at all he taught that the divine is within us add to that the one called allah and the behavior of so many of his followers, we find but another reason to be an atheist. If there were only two possibilities, I too would be an atheist, for I cannot and will not relate to masculine deities that are angry with the human race, and they demand worship from the human race. Then there's a vast number of other names for and understandings of what God or Allah fall far short of being, Words like creator, universe, the almighty, Krishna, elat, Elohim, and on and on the list grows. Not one of these names, nor any name, can reveal or contain all of what that one, the source of all, might be. Nor do we need to know, even if we could. The point being that it is enough to go on the quest to begin to understand. This, my friends, is the quest of a lifetime. So we don't know. Instead of denying everything and jumping in the boat of not believing anything, why don't we go on the quest? Why don't we start using the oars on that boat? Let's go on an adventure. Let's seek the truth. Let's wonder. Let's ask questions. Let's be totally satisfied with not knowing. Let's be satisfied with the quest. For that is what life is all about. We are all on the quest to know. We're on the quest in which we will discover more and more truth. That quest, my friends, is life. That's why we're here. We have come to the planet for that quest. We can look at all the externals and deny any kind of reality we want. For beyond anything external, whether that be some god or your career or your lawn that needs mowing or the snow that needs shoveling, <clears throat> it is the reality of those or of who rather you are, the reality of who others are and what you are doing about that that counts. The great issue for all humanity is to understand that religion has driven a huge wedge between themselves and love. Between themselves and love for their own self, between themselves and a love for others, we must reject remoteness. We must shun separation we must eschew external deities and arise to personal responsibility as never before oh it's so easy to get lost in beliefs the belief that there is a deity and to belief that there's not we have to remember that some atheists simply have developed or stepped into another kind of religion for to believe in, in a deity is a theist but to believe that there isn't one is also a belief system. And therein, my my friends, is, is a problem. Are you, is someone, do you know, an atheist that just has thrown everything out the window? Do they believe in nothing? Then that, my friends, is like another religion. It's a belief. I really appreciate Madeline Murray O'Hare. Many years ago, some of you might remember her <clears throat> She was an atheist, but she was an honest one, as far as I could tell, in all that I read about her. She didn't say, I do not believe in any deity. She was smarter than that. What she said was, I don't know, and I choose to live my life as if there were none. I don't know what all she experienced and what she came to know before she passed from this planet, but that is an honest statement. I choose to live my life as if, and then we go on the quest. Or we keep living our lives, and we keep doing all we can to understand what truth is. For none of us know enough to sit back and say, I know that nothing is real. So let's wake up. We must reject all of those issues. It's so easy to get lost in beliefs. It's also easy to get lost in not knowing wherein humans become an island under their own self, that kind of freedom can also become that aquarium that is far too small. I'll be right back with you after this break.
0: The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network.
1: Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus was not a Christian. Available right now on Amazon.com.
0: The Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness.
1: Are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to The Divine is Within Us at Gmail.com. Again, that's The Divine is Within Us at Gmail.com. Now, back to the program.
2: Here again is Jim Stacy. So, we're talking about honesty, we're talking about openness to all truth not deciding deep inside of ourselves what is or isn't true in our heads, but experiencing it. My friends, we can all experience, and by experience we know. We don't just believe in anything. And to be in the place of not knowing is a great place to be. To live in the place of the question is profoundly beautiful. To live in the question, to wonder as we wonder, you've heard me say, To be real, to be alive, not being pushed to where we say, I know there is or I know there isn't. No, we just are. We are. And we can live securely in a moment, in all the moments of not knowing, because that is an honest place. We simply do not know all that we're going to know. We have not yet experienced all that we will experience. Part of our task is to soften all of the parts of ourselves that have become rigid, the parts of ourselves that are not flowing, the parts of ourselves that tend to keep us in a smaller box than we deserve, parts of ourselves that have restricted us to our own ego instead of to our higher self. As we learn how to free what has been imprisoned, to open to what we have shut out of our small reality, and to restore the inner garden of what we have not yet watered, to begin to gain wisdom on a far larger scale than we've known is the quest. Nothing is smaller or more cramped than the mind of the man who thinks he has all the answers, and the one who loves to make sure others realize that. (laughs) That small g, that god, with a small letter, that god of intelligence is a sorry replacement for wisdom. That small god of religion is a sorry replacement for knowing and being and celebrating. For beyond all the beliefs of something is or something isn't is the human soul, spirit, the human heart, the reality of who we are as human beings that is our quest to know that in our quest to know the deeper truths we can become very certain that any belief which does not allow for celebration of making our mistakes and learning from them is simply a trap any belief that keeps you in a small place and beliefs do that that's their their purpose any system of beliefs that focuses on sin and shame and punishment can be trashed forever in favor of a celebration. Yes, the celebration of who we are. It's it's not a a negative thing. Uh, the churches condemn people forever and a day for thinking for themselves or feeling good about themselves because the church says we should be feeling bad about ourselves. No, they are lying. They are not telling the truth. Any belief system that does not include a healthy perspective on the human shadow is itself much darker than that shadow. The the systems of religion teach lies. Our inner shadow is actually our teacher about the light that is within. Yeshua said so, and you've heard me talk about that on shows in the past. The human shadow is not some kind of sin. As preachers preach so often, because Yeshua said that it is only, the shadow that is, is only a covering over our light. And that light within us, when he said, You are the light of the world, that light within us is our divinity. How well we let our light shine, or how we have allowed it to be covered over, is all part of our quest. Our quest to know why did that happen? What is the gift? therein. Why did that happen to me? What is the meaning of that? Where is the purpose in all of my life experiences, and to what are they all leading me to understand? Where are you, my friend, right now, on your temporary human journey through this experience of space and time, trapped in a three-dimensional world of externals? Oh, we've all been there, Or are we opening day by day to the beauty of who we truly are? Are we willing to accept the aquarium or is it the ocean? We will not be satisfied until we find. The choice is always ours. So beyond both religion and atheism, we can know. We can know who we are. We can know that there's no fear at all that needs to be allowed to hang around. There's no fear for the one who's on the quest to know. There is no fear. Fear always comes from some kind of guilt or shame or smallness that tells us we don't know enough. No, no fear. There is mystery to life. There is mystery all around us. Don't throw the mystery away don't say, I have to believe this or I don't dare believe that. No, mystery is the beauty of life itself, not the false certainty of either religion or atheism. No, to understand the story, to understand those once upon a time kind of stories, that helps us come to an understanding of the meaning of life. Or, as Joseph Campbell said, and I'm a very, very devout fan, shall I say, of Joseph Campbell, the one who wrote A Hero with a Thousand Faces, the one who wrote The The Hero's Journey, and The Power of Myth. I am so deeply touched by all that Joseph Campbell has written. Don't agree with him on everything, of course, but he and Bill Moyers have been powerful voices in helping us understand the myth and the mystery. What Joseph Campbell says is, no, it's not about the me- understanding the meaning of life, for that is simply a belief or not in the head. What is the meaning of life? What does that mean? We cannot say. What Joseph Campbell said, it's, it's not that that we're searching for. What we really need to know is the experience of being fully alive. And that's it, my friends, the experience of being fully alive, the delight, the celebration, that inner bliss, as he calls it, of knowing who we are and knowing that there's so much more to learn. For me, I have found far more of the beauty of being fully alive than I've ever known. And I am going to keep pursuing it forever and a day, as long as I'm here. What do you want, my friends? What is it that turns you on? What is it in yourself, the quest you've never gone on to yet? What is the journey that you need to understand? I'm with you. We're with each other on this journey. The journey to know who we truly are. The journey that takes us beyond beliefs the journey that takes us beyond religion, the journey that takes us beyond believing or not believing, the journey that takes us deep into our own hearts. That's the quest. And that is the way we can learn to live. For the one who lives in the moment, the one who is willing to live in the question, the one who is willing to say, I don't know, but, you know, I'm going to find out. That is the one on the path to knowing the deepest levels of reality. So, beyond religion, beyond atheism, beyond agnosticism, whatever it is, we are here to learn and to grow. I'm with you, and I will see you next time as we talk more about these kinds of issues.
1: Thank you for tuning into the program today. Please join Jim Stacy for another edition of Beyond Religion. Your Life is Waiting next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This week, let the divine work for you and with you. You're bound to experience a new life.